Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. All right. Welcome back. Um. As I mentioned earlier, we're delighted to be joined by, uh, I'm going to make sure I get the correct pronunciation on this name, uh, Michal uh, Kotluwunsch, uh, who, uh, and I've, I hope I've done a, a decent job of that, um, uh, she is Israel's special envoy for combating anti-Semitism, a former member of the Knesset, as I understand it, um, special envoy, welcome to Nightside. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on, and you did that just fine. Okay, close, close. <laughs> um, you had us worried there for a second, and we were. <laughs> I said, "Oh, I, I hope we, she's going to call in." So we got, we got you. Tell us, uh, you're in Boston. I know that, but but you travel the world, as I understand it. Um, you've been uh, in several other locations around the world. What is the um, the mission? I mean, I I think the, the title describes the mission, but tell us. Um, uh, about your mission and and why it is so necessary. We have seen a lot of anti-Semitism in this country in the last six weeks, much more than I ever would have anticipated, although I had seen it percolating of the American left for years. So, first of all, thank you for asking that question, because actually the reason that I've traveled, and this is my third emergency trip since October 7th, yeah. since the atrocities, the war crimes, the crimes against humanity that were fueled by anti-Semitism on 10-7. And more concerning than that, and what was clear to me in the front lines of this sort of, as you said, ever-mutating hate that has been percolating for decades, I will say, is actually the anti-Semitism that fuels the responses to the atrocities of 10-7 that deny that justify, that support Hamas, the genocidal terror organization that perpetrated the atrocities of 10-7, and that attack Jews in the wake of those atrocities around the world, including right here in the United States. And so the urgency of that mission that I sense, that I feel, is not only to be able to travel and make that an anticipation of what was clear to me would become this wave of anti-Semitism. And we have seen in hundreds of percentages a rise in anti-Semitism on campuses, in demonstrations, on the streets, online, Um, but also in many ways the understanding that this is a moment of reckoning for all of the spaces that have enabled that percolating, as you called it, of anti-Semitism in its current mutated mainstream form that 10-7 exposed, and that is the current strain of anti-Zionism, so the negation of Israel's very right to exist, and that is what we have seen since 10-7, including in the attacks on Jews around the world and right here in the United States. Um, it's, it's something that uh, those of us who know history uh, thought would never be repeated. Um, I had the, the good fortune as a television reporter to visit Auschwitz in 1986 um, with a delegation of American Catholics and Jews from Boston um, who went to Poland for 10 days uh, to confront uh, what had been 
some silence uh, in, in f- from many Catholics uh, in Poland. Now, again, they were they had been invaded by uh, the Nazis, uh, and it was not an easy way. Uh, it was not easy for anyone to stand up under those circumstances. But I can remember. Um, interviewing a couple of Roman Catholic cardinals, um, one in Warsaw and one in uh, Krakow. Uh, the one in Warsaw, Joseph Klemp, didn't get it, just didn't understand um, that that too many heads turned away and, and people chose not to look or not to be concerned. While uh, a cardinal in Krakow, who had, who had succeeded Pope John Paul II, uh, very much got it and understood it. Um, and 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 I he was a younger cardinal and so I thought well maybe there's a, there's some sort of a um, an age differential here but when I see young people today and and professors on college campus it was I think it was Professor Cornell who said that he was exhilarated I think exhilarated exhilarated I mean that'd be exhilarated. like saying I went to to Auschwitz um, you know 30 years after the camp had been liberated um, and it was just a, a sense of horrific. Um, depression to think the man's inhumanity, the man that had taken place on the ground in which I walked. Um, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. This is virulent anti-Semitism at its worst. So, 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 so you raise so many important points, and I think we have to understand that the process or the mechanism that allowed the atrocities of the Holocaust to occur Barring the individual Jew from equal place in society, and then of course murdering six Jews, is actually the systematic dehumanization and delegitimization and double standards that targeted the individual Jew, barring him or her from an equal place in society. Well, what we have seen in the last, I would say, decades that has been raging is the demonization and the delegitimization and the double standards towards the proverbial Jew among the nations, that is, Israel, right, to which Jews and a prototypical indigenous people returned after thousands of years of exile persecution 75 years ago. And in the understanding that in what failed in conventional war to annihilate the state of Israel, war after war after war what we see is starting with a 1975 and that's why i say this is decades the 1975 un resolution that is soviet propaganda that passed at the un zionism is racism that was a un resolution passed Mm -hmm. is actually alive and well on university campus 2023 where zionism is considered racism where Israel is accused of being no other than an apartheid state. And those state, and those of us that are old enough to remember what apartheid was, understand sure. the Orwellian perversion yeah. of turning Israel into apartheid state. And I would say the most Orwellian of all, and that is the attribution of the Holocaust itself and the word genocide that we should shudder to even say, genocide and crimes against humanity. Actually, the state of Israel blamed as those exact crimes were perpetrated against Jews, Israelis, targeted on October 7th. And that is what I believe October 7th has done. It has removed many, many masks. And you mentioned university spaces. That is one place that I think many masks have been removed. So that actually the targeting of Jews on campuses today and the safety of Jewish students that is critical to ensure on university campuses today, that's just one testament to this new strain of anti-Semitism that is anti-Zionism. The negation of Israel's very right to exist, that is actually echoing the Hamas charter. Hamas is a genocidal 
terror proxy of a genocidal terror regime in Iran that perpetrated these atrocities and its charter calls for the annihilation of Israel and the murder of Jews, just like the chant from the river to the sea. Anybody that looks at the map of Israel understands that that's a call to annihilate the state of Israel. And that is happening on our streets in New York, in Washington, in Boston, on campuses in all of those cities. And it is a moment of reckoning for society as a whole, because anybody that cannot condemn the atrocities, the barbaric, savage atrocities that burned babies and burned entire families and raped women in the way that we saw on October 7th has picked the side of genocidal terror in its war against our shared humanity. Yeah, I have, um, uh, we have talked about that. I've had students, Jewish students on this program from uh, schools uh, such as uh, Tufts University, Tulane, um, uh, Florida State um, University, uh, who have been, you know, and, and Harvard, Harvard, Harvard Business School there. Uh, this has happened all too often. I want to ask you a question which you may not know the answer to, but I'm struggling to find the answer to this question. It's a legitimate question. People, of course, have tried to link Hamas and, and the Palestinians, and I have taken the position of Hamas uh, has held the, ca- the Palestinians themselves hostage for uh, nearly 20 years now uh, and uh, and that that the Palestinians and anyone who supports the Palestinians should be most concerned about the presence and the existence of Hamas uh, the question that I have about Hamas is is there any indication my my sense that this is not a belief this is not based on knowledge but my sense is that the membership of Hamas probably encompasses more than Palestinians there's probably Iranians Iraqis former members of Isis does anyone um, in in the government or do you have any knowledge uh, as to what the demographic composition of Hamas is we know very well look Hamas, like al-Qaeda, like ISIS, is an extremist ideology. And I want to agree with you that anybody who cares for Palestinians, for humanity, for peace, including Palestinians themselves, understand, and I wish there were more voices that actively stood up and said, not in our name, meaning the support for Palestinians cannot mean the support for the barbaric acts that we saw on October 7th. But we know that Hamas, and I mentioned this before, is just one proxy of a genocidal Islamic regime in Iran. Mm-hmm. That Hezbollah. all of its proxies, and exactly, are actually, its proxies are up north, Hezbollah, and we have to know, we have to be honest about this too. Hezbollah has been shooting at the state of Israel. Yep. Your listeners may not know, but 10,000 rockets have been shot into Israel, whether by Hamas from the south or Hezbollah from the north, and not to forget the Houthis from um, the Red Sea that have shot at American warships. So those are all proxies of that same genocidal Islamic regime in Iran, and we have to separate the regime from the people of Iran, just like the Palestinians and anybody who cares about the Palestinian people, as you said, should be severing them from this genocidal terror organization that since 2005... Actually, Israel has not been inside the Gaza Strip. Hamas, that violently took over the Gaza Strip in 2006, and indeed holds Palestinians as human shields, as human sacrifices, preventing them as we speak from reaching humanitarian corridors that Israel has created, preventing humanitarian aid from reaching the Palestinians that are there, because that precisely serves their purposes of keeping them hostage. And yes, we know that there is not only foreign involvement directly of Iran, but of other countries as well. 
and I would include Putin's Russia in the involvement in this axis, and that this, as I say, for that reason, is not a war against the state of Israel, the proverbial Jew among the nations, or the bloody canary in the mine shaft that we know historically predicts the collapse of the shaft itself. And we know that it is not just a war against Jews. It is a war against our shared foundational principles of life and of liberty. And that is what 10-7 made very clear. And as I said, those atrocities, those war crimes, those crimes against humanity, and what has been called the making of a genocide have to be clearly and unequivocally condemned for the Palestinians themselves and, of course, for any prospect of peace. And just like we would not say you cannot defeat ISIS or you cannot defeat al-Qaeda, or you cannot defeat the Nazis because there will be civilian casualties as there were. As tragic as that is, we have to understand that genocidal terror has no um, intent of being appeased. And that is true for civilization as a whole. So whereas Israel may be on the front lines of this war, it is not the final lines of this war. My guest is um, Mikhail Mikhail. Uh, Kotler Wunsch. Uh, she is the Israeli Israel Special Envoy to Combat Anti-Semitism. Um, uh, I could not think of a better guest, but there's some phone calls. Um, uh, Mikhail will only be able to uh, stay with us until 10.30. Uh, I got Jack and Newton on the other side. I got some room for you. I'd like to continue this conversation because I think it's so important. I do think this is the most, the singular most important news story of the year 2023, in my opinion. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Mikhail if uh, if she agrees with me on the other side, but at the moment, take a very quick break. You know the numbers, folks, 617-254-1030 or 617-931-1030. My name is Dan Ray. This is Nightside on WBZ Boston. Back after this. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's news radio. I want to get, I, I, I know I promised to let you go by 10.30, so I want to get at least one phone call in for the um, Israel Special Envoy for Combating Anti-Semitism. Jack is in Newton. Jack, appreciate you calling in. You're on with Mikhail Kotler-Wunsch. Yeah, Mikhail, uh, I'm Jack Porter. I, I've been involved with uh, Harvard University for 40 years, and we have a committee that's looking into this. It has people like Rabbi David Walpe, strong supporters of Israel, I think, but what we're going to find is that uh, there's more anti-Zionism and more anti-Israel feelings than anti-Semitism. I mean, I've been involved at Harvard 40 years. I don't see uh, the uh, professors as uh, anti-Semitic. I think you're exaggerating that. Uh, many of them, of course, are maybe assimilated. They're not proud Jews like uh, I am, but we have some, you know, we have President Larry Summers and Professor Stephen Pinker and myself, and we are standing up, you know, but we make a distinction between the policies of Bibi Netanyahu and support for the Jewish state. So what, what is your question, Jack? Try to get to a question for me. Well, I think you're exaggerating the, the anti-Semitism. Okay, let me let me give the um, the special envoy a chance to respond. I'm sure she's, <laughs> she's anxious to do that. Go ahead, special envoy. So 
so Jack, I, I don't mean to exaggerate at all. And of course, you know your campus is better, but I'm actually speaking to students that are on the campus that are sort of unable to get to their dorm rooms or that are being let out back doors or let in through indoors. And we've seen students being locked into the commons and we've seen Jewish students that are actually taking their mezuzot off their front door so that nobody can recognize them as Jews. And of course, we've seen, as has been said, professors who have freely expressed the exhilaration at the atrocities that we witnessed on October 7th. What I think is very important, and I think you made a very good differentiation or distinction that for years we thought we could make, and that is that anti-Zionism is not the same as anti-Semitism or not a form of anti-Semitism. And I would like to respectfully disagree and say that I believe that 10-7 has has exposed very clearly that actually anti-Zionism not only is anti-Semitism, but that it is the modern, mutated, mainstream strain of an ever-mutating virus. We know that anti-Semitism, the oldest hatred in the world, has lasted over thousands of years by mutating each time to the guiding social construct of the time, religion, science. And I will say in our age, human rights, and I say it with great sadness as a human rights scholar, because that means that it is human rights that have been weaponized to enable this mutation of anti-Semitism in the form of anti-Zionism. And just to finish for one second, and, and, and the understanding that we have a definition for anti-Semitism. You know, we keep throwing around the word anti-Semitism, except that it has a definition. The International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance definition allows us to identify all the strains of anti-Semitism. And, you know, in a post-COVID world, everybody understands that when viruses mutate, we have to be able to inoculate our societies against the current mutated form of the virus and not only the original um, strain of the virus. That's what I think that 10-7 exposed. And I think it exposed it on many um, platforms, whether it's university spaces or digital spaces or international law spaces. And each one of those spaces has come to a moment of reckoning. In the case of universities, it is to ensure that Jewish students slash Zionist students slash supporters of Israel have the same safety and security or what we know of as diversity, equity, and inclusion principles that apply to them as any other student. Not special treatment, just equal treatment to everybody else. And that's where I think it's very important that we understand that the current strain of anti-Semitism is anti-Zionism and are able to utilize that definition that exists to secure and to ensure the safety of Jewish slash non-Jewish Zionist slash any student that believes in the right of the state of Israel to exist, um, which I think that the responses to 10-7 have actually exposed that that's precisely what has happened on university campuses. Yeah, when people are ripping down posters, Jack, uh, and again, I, I know that you're speaking directly to, to one particular university, but when people are actually ripping down hostages, uh, picture, posters of hostages, what do we call them? Well, they're throwing them down in Brookline, for example. But and, new, and, new, and what do we call them? Um, Jack, I, I, look, I don't mean to cut you short here, Jack, but I would like to get one other quick call in. Anti-Zionism, yeah, basically is the destruction of Israel, and that's anti-Semitic. I agree with that. But criticism of the policies uh, is not uh, the same as... 
Just to say, Jack, and it's important that your listeners know, actually, the International Holocaust Remembrance Alliance makes exactly that differentiation. Thank you for bringing it up, because criticism of the state of Israel, like any other country, and actually that definition stipulates this clearly, is of course legitimate. Democracies thrive off criticism. What's not legitimate and is only exclusive to the state of Israel is its very delegitimization, the denying of its right to exist. And there is no country in the world whose very right to exist is called into question. For example, by the chant from the river to the sea, which I invite our listeners to look at the map of the state of Israel, that's the entire thing. That's a call to annihilate the state of Israel. No other country in the world's very right to exist is called into question. Jack, I hate, I hate to do this to you, but I've I, I got to let you go because um, I, my time with my guest has, uh, has expired. Thank you as always. Uh, thank you for your support uh, of Israel. Thank you. Thank you, Jack. Um, Special Envoy, thank you for your time uh, tonight. Uh, I'd love to have you back, uh, even take more phone calls at a longer time. I know that, that you've had a very busy day in Boston, a couple of days in Boston, and you're, you're on to your next stop, but feel free uh, to, uh, to, to be on this program. We, can, we do all our shows by telephone now, so you don't have to be in Boston to do the show. Feel free to give us a call. You know how to reach us, and um, we appreciate you taking your time tonight. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity, and I look forward to a continued conversation. It's a righteous cause, um, and um, I, 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 I never thought I would see it to this extent in my life. My dad was a veteran of World War II, and he instilled in me a long, long time ago at the family dinner table um, the, the importance of the state of Israel. And the important, And I don't happen to be Jewish, by the way. I happen to be Roman Catholic. Um, but yeah, you know, I, and just to say to your listeners, I think that we're at a critical moment where that notion of never again is right now. And so that, that is a great sense of responsibility that I believe we all have, not only to ensure the continued existence of the state of Israel, but actually to be able to combat this strain of anti-Semitism that we've spoken about, anti-Zionism, that denies Israel's right to exist, so that we can ensure the safety and the security of Jews all over the world, including right here. So thank you for the opportunity to engage in conversation. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Special Envoy mm -hmm. Mikhail Kotler. Woods. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. We'll talk again, I hope. Um, when we get back, I, I want to talk about this. Um, I, I don't know if, um, if, if the fervor over what happened on October 7th has receded in our minds, in our memories. I hope it hasn't. Um, I think it's... Um, I think it's the it is the major news story of this year. I can't think of any other news story this year that even comes close to it. Six one seven two five four ten thirty, triple eight nine two nine ten thirty, or six one seven nine three one ten thirty. Agree or disagree? Um, we have people living in this country um, who are marching for Hamas. We have people in this country who are ripping down posters of uh, innocent men, women, and children who are being held hostage by Hamas. What else am I to call them other than supporters of Hamas? We're back on Nightside. Feel free to light the phone lines up. It's Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ, Boston's News Radio. We um, are just had with us Mikhail Kotler Wunsch, Israel's special envoy for combating anti-Semitism. Um, she was an extraordinary guest, uh, and um, I invite you to um, to call six one seven two five four ten thirty triple eight nine two nine ten thirty. We're joined by my friend Harvey Silverglade. Harvey, thank you very much for calling in. Welcome, sir. 
right there. I've been listening to this conversation and also reading uh, avidly. I read four newspapers a day, and I've been reading uh, what the press has to say about this. And Mike, and I've also talked to a lot of my friends in the university community, um, of whom I have a lot. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And um, I have sort of concluded that the problem is that the young people, particularly the young people in this country, simply don't have any concept of history. They do not know what the appeasement of bloodthirsty, sociopathic murderers, uh, how it ends up. They do not understand what's going on between Russia and Ukraine. They do not understand what's going on with Hamas in Israel slash Palestine. They, the, if they were around during uh, the Hitler regime, they would be the Neville Chamberlains. They would mm. say, let's offer Hitler a co- one, one little country. Maybe he'll be satisfied. Mm. Um, the, these are ignoramuses. Um, uh, that is, I think, the charitable uh, explanation. <laughs> For these people, that's in my in my well. In my I, I, think, I think mood. There, I think there's a quotient of um, ignoramuses or ignorami, whatever the plural might be. Uh, but I also think there's I, I I do believe that there is at its core some real anti-Semitism here, and I never imagined it would be as blatant. I never imagined that that a dentist, a medical practitioner, would, in Newton of all places, try to tear down what others watched hostage posts. Well, Dan, you certainly, that's certainly true with the the, uh, Israel-Palestine thing, but in in the case of Russia and Ukraine, um, that that doesn't seem to be the case. I mean, Ukraine does have, it happens, a Jewish president. but, you know, there's a long history of anti-Semitism in Ukraine. So I don't sure. think that that's the same, that's the same motive. But I, I really think it's just ignorance of what happens when you appease tyranny. And there's a long history, centuries-long history, of what happens when tyrants are, are appeased. No, I, no look, I, Har- Harvey, we're, you, you and I are singing from the, the, the same song sheet there. But... I get a sense um, that that there was a fervor in this country uh, uh, to support Ukraine, and that now has seemed to have dissipated over time. Um, and that for a while, people were concerned. They were concerned when they thought that Putin might be might do something irrational that might affect them. There still is in this country, I think, this this streak of isolationism. Uh, that what happens over there is not going to affect us over here, although history has proved time and time again that that's fallacious. Um, and in terms of Israel, I even get a sense that the fervor 
uh, and you know the indignation of what happened on October seventh that 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 fire has calmed down amongst the American people. I can only Dan, judge it. But go ahead. Go ahead. Dan, all you're saying, all you say, anybody in this world who's an isolationist does not understand history. I agree. The history of isolation. It is ignorance. I think it's ignorance more than bigotry. Um, well, you, you know, the, look at the situation with China and Taiwan. Um, if you think that if if we stood up for the China taking over Taiwan, you think that would stop at Taiwan? Of course not. And, and and I will say this: that if China tomorrow were to move on Taiwan, we would do little. Uh, and I and I think that I'm surprised that China hasn't moved on Taiwan this quickly. Uh, I'm telling you the truth. I mean, I think Taiwan is is there for for China to pick up. Well, I think that what. I actually disagree with you. I don't think we would do anything militarily, but I would think that we would we we would put economic sanctions on China's already having economic difficulties that would really destroy the Chinese economy. You know, no more buying Chinese goods. Um, I, so I disagree with you, Dan. I don't, I don't think we'd militarily. Well, I hope I, 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 I truly hope I'm wrong. I, I I hope I'm wrong. I just look at the lo- the geographic logistics uh, and the idea of of supply lines, and I just think that America got used to like a quick World War Two. You know, World War Two was 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 ca- was fought and completed in about three and a half years. Um, and I and I think that anything that that potentially is going to be longer than I think there's a number of of cross currents here, Harvey. I do think isolationism is here a little bit. I think that ignorance is here a little bit. I think lack of education. Do you think the Holocaust is taught in most American public high schools? I'll bet it's not. I'll bet it's not. Um, well, Dan, the, the, the problem with American higher education, uh, elementary school and high school education, is I've said many times. Is that it's really in the in the in the cellar, and it was largely, in my view, a problem with the teachers' unions. But you know, they really don't educate. And, and now, with this nonsense about you know equity and inclusion, they really they're doing indoctrination now, not education. Yeah, the only diversity, and I said earlier, I had Scott Walker on tonight, earlier, former governor of Wisconsin. The only diversity which is not permitted at American college campuses today is diversity of opinion and diversity of thought. Correct. <laughs> you know, and, and what does that say about the philosophical underpinning of any institution, any academic institution that doesn't strive for diversity of opinion and strive for diversity of thought? Of thought? You don't have to tell me. Remember, I ran for the Harvard Oh no, 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 no! But I'm just saying that they are basically condemning themselves. It's almost, it's almost as if I hate to put it in terms of a sports analogy, but if if you knew that there was a sports team that was going out there tanking games because they wanted to lose, that sports team would not have the support of its fans. You now have great universities, and you have been a leader on this. I'm preaching now to the to the choir master uh, that have. Sp- have specifically tried to uh, to eliminate differences of opinion and differences of thought, and yet many of the folks who have their degrees from these very you know prestigious institutions only now only now are some of them threatening 
what you have been talking about for years, and that is that that uh, that financial support should be withdrawn. Absolutely. You know, it's it's a horrific situation we find ourselves in here today, um, and I don't I don't know it's reversible at this point, Holly. Uh, uh, oh, Dan, uh, here's the difference in you and me. Okay, I think okay. it is reversible. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I I, it, I think it's reversible because it's so obvious, and I I do think it's reversible. I mean, what is clear is we can't stop the battle. That's true. No, I'm with you. (laughs) With you, totally, totally on that. That is for sure, Um, Harvey, my friend. As always, um, I I so value your friendship uh, and your intellect, and um, I'm. uh, I I hope my audience understands um, what you were saying and how important what you were saying is to not only their future but the future of their kids and their grandkids. Because I think. Yep. I think we have the we future of the free world. Yeah, yeah. We've well once, as someone once said, if America goes, where do we go? Where do we go? Yeah. You know, people yeah. in different parts of the world have been able to flee to America, whether they they lived in Southeast Asia, whether they lived in Eastern Europe, whether they lived even in 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 some of the uh, the dictatorships uh, in other parts of the world. Where do where do Americans go? I, that's, yep, that's a horrible question. Harvey Silverglade. Please, um, thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. You, you are you are a great friend, and um, please <laughs> keep the keep fighting. Keep fighting. I will be this with you, shoulder to shoulder. I promise. Okay. I know that you're my leader. Thank you, my friend. Thank you much. All right. Um, you heard what Harvey Silverglade has to say. You heard what I had to say. I want to hear what you have to say. Six one seven two five four ten thirty triple eight nine two nine ten thirty. Did you ever think that you would see America, in America, in 2023, people marching in the streets of America, uh, basically questioning the morality of the government of Israel after they had been brutally attacked? 1,400 people, their 9-11. Did you think that you would see people ripping down posters of hostages? I never thought I would see that. I knew that anti-Semitism was percolating on the American left. And we've known that it existed on the American right for some time. But but the anti-Semitism on the American right is puny at this point compared to the anti-Semitism on the American left. Uh, and it has to be addressed. And I hope you will help me address it. 617 Six one seven nine three one ten thirty. This forget about your future. I don't. I don't care how old you are. You've lived most of your life, if not all of your life. What about your kids? What about your grandchildren? What about your great grandchildren? What sort of a country are they going to inherit? Think about that and, and give me a call back on Nightside after this. You're on Nightside with Dan Ray on WBZ Boston's News Radio. All right, we are talking, I hope, about what's going on in this world right now, um, and specifically on what is going on halfway around the world. I thought that uh, Michal Kotler-Wunsch was an extraordinary guest. 
Um, and I hope that some of you understood what she had to say. I'm certain that Eileen and Hull did. Eileen, appreciate you calling in. Next on Nightside, go right ahead, Eileen. Um, well, I uh, I just felt I, I had to call. Um, I didn't, didn't get her name, but she was so eloquent, and, and um, uh, I, uh, I hope her message came through to your listeners and I think it's I uh, and then listening to Har- Harvey Silverglade it's, it's absolutely appalling what's going on in this country and um, I uh, I know about it I've known about it for years because I have a Jewish last name and my, my children have that last name we 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 didn't bring them up with religion because my husband uh, was a survivor of the Holocaust uh, in Germany somehow or, or rather. Uh, I mean, uh, and um, uh, he he refused to, to uh, practice religion of any kind. Um, uh, but um, well, I think there's I, a lot. I, I think there's a lot of people who particularly. Um uh, are, are offended by the state of Israel because it is a uh, a country that is um, based on uh, Judaism, um, and there are people in this world who um, who really uh, are are so close minded that uh, you know th- there are there are people who I who I refer to as agnostics or atheists, Eileen, uh, but then you have um, those who are not willing just to themselves be atheist or agnostic, but they want the rest of the world to be atheist or agnostic, and they're offended by any people who have any sort of religious beliefs. Um, so that gets that gets it in, into some choppy waters. But I I just wanted to mention that. Okay. Right. Um, well, I really appreciate your uh, putting so much um, effort into bringing to light what's going on. And um, uh, I am so glad that I'm an American. And um, what... Uh, we we all we also should be uh, should be should be proud of that and what's happening tonight uh, out in the Wellesley school system bothered me as well. Eileen, I want to get one more in here before the break. Good. As always, I so much appreciate your support. Thank you so okay. much. Okay, thank Thanks. you, Dan. Thank you so much. Love you too. Bye bye. Let me go to Will on Long Island. Hey, Will, how are you? Hey, Dan. I'm not shocked by anti-Semitism in the United States. As a matter of fact, when I was in college in the uh, mid '90s. I had an argument with um, one of my professors about, you know, um, a lot of uh, history of anti-Semitism in American universities, especially in, you know, the upper echelon of academia in the ivory tower. You know, in the 1930s, Harvard University had many um, pro-Nazi and Nazi sympathizers and Nazis, actual Nazis, you know, invited to events there. The history of how they treated uh, Jewish, uh, you know, um, refugees and stuff like that. There's a long history. And I always had a problem. And, you know, people could look at this view as anti-Semitic as well, because it, it differs with the thoughts of, of a Jewish population, a left-wing part of the Jewish population that, to me, is, 
is against its own interest. You know, there has not been a better friend to Israel or Jews in general than the right since Ronald Reagan. Yet somehow you have a lot of uh, the Jewish community, especially in the United States, even in Israel, with half of them against Netanyahu, that the left has notoriously been bad to the Jews, not just in Germany, but around the world. In Russia, Stalin, another one, they're just... They are the, oh, yeah, uh, the, the scapegoats. The pogroms of, uh, you know, of, in Russia. Right, were, this is, and, yeah. and what we're seeing today, to me, in my mind, is uh, the left and, and Democrats represent the left. They have always been a party of division. They were the party that of slavery. They were the party of the Dixiecrats. They're the party of rich versus poor, gay versus straight. They're the party of division. And now you're seeing the ugly anti-Semitism, this rotten tree bearing its ugly fruit that's been planted long ago you know like your last caller that great caller that you have the guy that calls from the you know the, the academia guy uh, i forget his name yeah uh, but yeah he thinks it's you know just uh maybe it's just you know not having knowledge i think it's much more insidious than that and it's much more evil than that okay there are people that despise jews which is shocking to me when they're christians because i don't know hey jesus is a jew not that's right jew, and his parents were, Jew, were jewish as well hey will i hate to do this to you you call right, late buddy. and i'm i'm over my time and within less than a minute to the newscast happy I gotta let you go. thanksgiving happy Dan. thanksgiving to you and yours as well thanks so much will Take talk to you, my friend have a great night i will take a break if you want to talk about this you have the numbers if not we'll go open lines talk to you after the 11.